Hey, everybody. Uh, if you're in Canada, have a happy, you know, Canada Day this week. And if you're in America, have a happy Fourth of July. That was both of those are already happened. This is Friday. So we've completely missed both holidays, but I wanted to say something anyway. I'm Matt. I'm the host. This is the Blizzard Watch Podcast. And what have you been doing with your week? It's a holiday week, so everything's just all messed up anyway. Yeah, I, I've... I've yeah. I, we, we, we had to, like, do some rescheduling, and that's why we're live right now on a Friday, because, like... Rossi had things he had to do. I had things I had to do. So we made like a little shuffle thing. And it ended up that my week is playing almost in reverse, which is weird. <laughs> and as a consequence, I barely know what day it is. <laughs> it does not feel like Friday. Yesterday yesterday not. was the firework day. So that, that, that kind of like set everything. It was like, okay, all right. I know that's yeah. going on. See, nothing drives home to me that I've moved from the United States to Canada. Quite like the difference in how each nation handles fireworks. Do you guys blow things up? Uh, on July 1st, there was a nice, sedate little fireworks display at the legislature. Okay. And then okay. I haven't heard any since. When I lived in the States, from like July 1st to about July 7th, just a continuous barrage. My wife, When my wife came down to live with me when we first were getting together, she, she, I remember her staying in my house in Seattle. And she was like, does this ever stop? And I was like, what? She's like, the constant explosions. I was like, oh, I just tuned those out. Yeah, no. Yeah, it'll yeah. stop around about August. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to keep going for the rest of the month, but it'll it'll taper. It'll, it won't be like this. So, yeah, that is like one of the big things. That and, you know, healthcare. Yeah, but, this, year, um, this year we ended up with, um, because we got so much rain and so much snow, uh, there wasn't a ban on fireworks this year. Usually there's a ban on fireworks because it gets so dry and there's like yeah, you don't want to start you know, brush fires and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody would like to set the city on fire. Thank you. Well, this year they had lifted it and you could tell because last night when I was because I can see I can see the fireworks downtown from my house just because I'm, they're very tiny, but I can see them from my house. So I'm watching the fireworks last night. And as I'm watching the fireworks at the stadium where they actually like do the real fireworks i'm watching fireworks go off all the way across ta- like all over town everybody's setting off fireworks it was pretty great it was very pretty i enjoyed it but yeah i mean i will admit that i like watching fireworks <laughs> i don't necessarily like when everybody and their brother-in-law is setting them off constantly yeah but a good fireworks show i'm still i'm still down for I'm, especially I'm if they still, have cannon because then, yeah i'm know. still fully expecting them to I'm fu- fully expecting to see more fireworks around town for at least the next two weeks. And I know that every time they do a Rockies game, it's a triple A Rockies game. It's not like a Rockies, Colorado Rockies, MLB. Um, but we have um, a local triple A team. That's the Rockies. Like a farm play- game? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they play here in town. Um, and every time that they have a game during the summer for the next eh, couple of months or so, they, w- they do fireworks after every game. So that's fun. Cool. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we should probably move on to talking about what little news there was. This is—it's been a quiet week for everybody. It's a holiday here, week. Blizzard. Yeah, it's yeah. a holiday week. So you know, most people are dealing with four-day weekends and, and that kind of thing. And there hasn't exactly been a ton of news coming out, honestly, just because. No. One... Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say one one thing that did come up this week. Uh, WoW Classic beta is going down next week on July twelfth, uh, I believe, and that was. That was a surprise. I don't think anyone expected it, even though it's early. Yeah. I mean, the game is the game is coming out next month. But nevertheless, the beta shutting down. We we didn't see it coming. I think that there's a stress test uh, coming up on the 25th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's one last stress test. But as far as the beta itself, they've gone through everything and figured everything out and now they're just going to kind of shut down the beta and focus on fixing all of the little things that were working quite correctly the thing is is like this isn't a normal beta no because it's a this beta is a of a game, game that, yeah yeah this is a game that already had a beta and then had a lot of people playing it and had several patches that came out and then had how many expansions now a lot of expansions so there's not really there's not as much to address as there is with a brand new game that's like completely untouched and they haven't really turned it over to the outside world before so i guess i kind of understand it and I feel like it's kind of nice that they're shutting it down early in in that aspect because it we're, means we're got, they've got extra no, no, time to iron everything out. Yeah, yeah. I what I find interesting to think about um, is when you're thinking about this as a beta, that it it is 
there's stuff that's broken and not working that is not going to work. They're not going to fix it. It's stuff that they later fixed in different expansions. In order for you to have the classic experience, they have to leave the broken stuff broken because it was broken all through classic and it never got fixed. So that's, you know, there's the, the, the on purpose features thing. There was like the, the list of this is not a bug. This is actually how it was back then. I, I loved so, that they had a, this is not a bug list. <laughs> yeah, this, there's no, nothing on my mini map telling me where to turn in quests. Yes. That didn't exist yet. I, I can't find any. Nope. That's, that was the case back then too. You, you have you to read couldn't. things for sorry, but that's how it was. The map <laughs> doesn't tell me where to go. Experience yeah. here. This is how it was guys. <laughs> um, I have to pay to respect my talents. Yep, you sure did. In fact, at first you couldn't respect them. So you, <laughs> you have to pay for all your spells too. Enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. it, I I do find that interesting. I I do think it's like like you said. It, this was a beta test for at this point a fourteen year old game, a <laughs> fifteen year old game. So yeah, it's not surprising that they're stopping. It's just it was surprising because they hadn't said anything about it, and then they're just no. oh yeah, we're stopping on the twelfth. Yeah, and I so, think, yeah. and I think, like I said, a lot of it is the reason that they were doing a beta test. It wasn't necessarily because the game was, you know, it, it, it wasn't. Hey, we need to address balance issues and make sure everything is playing nice. No, that was already set. That was already in place. They had all the code for that. That was fine. It was the main thing that they were beta testing was how well is this old code working with the new framework, and where are the hiccups at. How stable is it? How long will it stay up? Yeah. How much pressure can we put it under? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like and, that. and are are these two things that weren't really meant to go together? Are they playing nicely? Where are the points where we need to like maybe finesse it a little bit more and make sure that they're playing nicely? And you know what? It's you you gotta give them credit that they managed to make this thing work because just shoving old code into a new operating system that doesn't necessarily yeah. work and it's weird that it worked that they managed to make it work but i think it's kind of cool me, that yeah. they made it work yeah. you know there's i mean they used to use a file format called mpq and they haven't used mpq since warlords they completely changed their entire database warlords? structure yeah it was it was when but, they came yeah, out with warlords. the new character models yeah yeah they, they changed the compression they changed every the way everything is stored um so they had to take the old database and they, they had a great presentation at BlizzCon, and I can't do it justice, so I'm not going to try to. But they had to take the old database and make it work in their new system. And when they plugged it in at first, because the new system has more variables, stuff wasn't quite lining up right. Like, for instance, I think there was, like, lights were just not the right color, and some things weren't floating properly in, on the ground, and they had to, like, adjust it on a case-by-case -case basis. And they did an amazing job. If you yeah, ever the get the chance with to the, see that. Yeah, the problem with the light thing was, like, um, somewhere later on in the game's life cycle, like several expansions down the road, they changed the co what color the lights were when they weren't working. So they were wondering, like, why is it this weird color? And it actually meant that the lights weren't working. And they had there was a bunch of twitchy stuff. What was that panel called? I just I covered remember it, it was. Yeah, it was BlizzCon 2018. It was uh, last the... year's BlizzCon, and I think it was just a, like a, a, the Road to WoW Classic or something like that. Um, but they basically talked about like all of the technical stuff that went into place as far as what they had to do to make this stuff work. I don't know if that panel exists, still exists online somewhere. If it does, you should definitely go watch it. Cause... it just, just for at one point, one of the people involved in the panel was one of the original people on yeah. WoW back in the day. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, yeah, you, this is so weird. I mean, I had to try and figure out, what are we doing again? Why is this this way? Oh, my God. So, yeah. It's... What were we thinking when we made this? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> I thought it so, was yeah, great. It was. Um, so there's that. Um, the other the other real event of the week um, is basically Hearthstone decided, hey, surprise expansion. And yeah, while remember we were all what we were talking about things. last week when we were talking about how they were doing the things with the different cards and the classes and all of that. And I was like, wow, why are they doing that in the middle of a of a? None of this makes any sense. Why are they doing that? Are they lining up for something? Sure enough, this week, boom! Hey, have a new expansion. Pre-orders are available. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, Saviors of Oldham, I believe it's called. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, if you've seen the trailer for it, I yeah, that trailer, that's wild. Uh 
there, there's one part of that trailer where the like the the Hearthstone like the kind of the League, the League of Explorers characters that they've debuted specifically in Hearthstone, and all of whom I w- I wish were in World of Warcraft. Quite frankly, absolutely all of them. Some of them um, are. So yeah, they're do, they're doing various things, and it's just sometimes it, it hits me just how much Blizzard has advanced along the lines of like cinematics and storytelling with, yeah. via them. Yeah. And this expansion trailer is possibly the best one they've ever done. And that's saying something because their expansion trailer is usually pretty good. They've been getting better and better every yeah. time they put one out. And even the early ones are really good. But yeah, uh, Saviors of Oldham, it's due out on August 6th, which is actually a lot sooner than you would expect. It's got 135 new cards. There's new quest cards. We haven't had quest cards since... Um, 2017 like journey to angoro i think was the last time that they did them anyone who logs in within 90 days of the expansion going live they will get one random legendary quest for free which is pretty cool um there's a new mechanic it's called the reborn mechanic and that'll bring a minion back to life with one health when it dies and then there are also new plague cards and they have catastrophic effects um, for both sides of the board. It's not just your enemy, you're also doing something to yourself as well. Um, which is pretty cool. It sounds pretty neat. Um, you could pre-order it. You can get packs for like about a buck each. If you if you pre-order, you could buy 50 packs for 50 bucks, or you could buy 80 packs for $80. If you buy the $80 option, you also get Elise Starseeker as a druid hero. So she's basically replacement Malfurion. Um quite frankly it's fantastic i love the voice actress for her i love the voice actress that they've gotten for her and i love the voice lines that they have for her in terms of gameplay um both of those bundles also come with a random golden legendary so you get something extra along with it um generally speaking though if you have a lot of gold just hold your gold and use your gold to buy it it it, to buy the packs because that's like that's probably the better choice from like an economical standpoint as far as that goes but yeah the other thing that I really liked about this and I don't know how much you've paid attention to it Rossi but this is kind of a direct continuation of the last expansion that they did the one with the criminals attacking Orgrimmar I mean not attacking Dalaran yeah it picks up where Rise of Shadows basically left off so like they've successfully stolen Dalaran they've taken the city to Oldham and as they descend on Oldham the League of Explorers shows up to fight them off so this is like a continuation of the same story and they haven't done that before um and i really like it i like the fact that they've got like it's like oh okay we're actually like threading a little narrative through this year's season this is really kind of cool um i still it was a really sudden announcement like i was not expecting it and it seemed like they dropped a teaser one day and the next day they had like the full trailer for it and everything um there wasn't like a really big hullabaloo or a countdown or anything like that it was just hey guess what we're coming out with this thing here's a cool trailer um i think it's interesting because i mean technically though i mean hearthstone has never been one to be shy about just dropping the expansion they don't no they're not like they're not looking for the best time they just say oh new one uh, so that's interesting, but it does make me wonder if we could get that for other Blizzard games. I'm not going to name any names, Diablo 4, but I, I do think it would be interesting if Blizzard starts shifting to adjust. We have something to announce, so we're announcing it. Instead of just, we have these moments, we do it. It's either Gamescom or BlizzCon, and that's it. I, I would find that interesting if we got more announcements of this type. Yeah, because the thing is, is like I was expecting them to drop something at BlizzCon for Hearthstone, and now I'm like, well... Hmm. Is there going to be enough time between now and then for them to do that? Well, if this game's coming out, this expansion is coming out in August, right? Yeah, beginning of August, September, so October. September, October. It's, it's and like November first and second. Yeah, two months before you know. Are they going to have another announcement to announce in two months? That's cuts a crazy. That's a blistering pace for heart, even for Hearthstone expansions. That's fast. I still really, really feel like the focus this year is going to be on whatever this Overwatch Two thing is and um, Diablo Four. I'm crossing yeah. my fingers. I am crossing my fingers. I am being hopeful. Look, I was hopeful last year. Didn't exactly pay off, but I am back on the hope train here because, I mean, come on. It's been a time. lot of rumors, yeah. And there's been a lot of rumors, and there's been a lot of little stories swirling around, and there's been people talking about various projects and things without, like, saying anything, and I just want more info. So BlizzCon seems to be the place to get it, and the fact that they aren't doing Gamescom this year it tells me that there's going to be a lot at BlizzCon this year. So, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. 
but yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm looking forward to this expansion. I'm looking for, okay. I know most people don't like the quest cards. Some people do, some people don't. And some people are like rejoicing in the fact that they have returned. And some people are cursing their existence eternal, eternally. But um, I think it's kind of cool that they're coming back with the quest cards. We haven't seen them in forever. So, you know, I, I, I like that they're coming back, that they're making a comeback. Come on. And the new mechanics sound pretty cool. Um, the Reborn one in particular is that's interesting like bring your minion back to life but it's only got one health so it, it just kind of like holds things out for just a little bit longer and yeah i guess we'll hear more information about that as the month goes on i'm sure yeah i mean to be honest i only play hearthstone in spurts so i don't really have much of an opinion about that but i do think it's pretty cool that they've got something ready to go this fast and that it's yeah. you know seems pretty cool so well and i'm I feel looking like forward with to the, seeing what with... they do I feel like with the with the narrative being threaded together the way that it is, that they were working on them side by side. That would make sense. Yeah. And that makes you wonder how far ahead they're planning. Like, do they I have another one? That that would be, have they done kind of the thing they did with Warlords where they had Legion pretty much ready to go in their heads the whole time? So I don't know. But, it's an uh, interesting thought, though. We should probably talk briefly about the, the little controversy involving... Hearthstone card art. Uh, I don't know how much of an actual controversy you'd really consider it, but <laughs> people um, are going. People are going a little overboard with their protests, I guess, here and there. I just, I don't. First off, it's not censorship because it's only censorship if somebody forces it on you, not if you. If Blizzard decides we're going to change the card art to be a little less revealing, that's not censorship. It's just them making an art choice. Um, but also, I, I really don't see the problem i mean come on it's a few cards in hearthstone they they dump a lot of art into hearthstone hearthstone has a lot of art in it um, and a lot of the art that they used in hearthstone keep in mind that that some of these pieces are reused pieces from the old warcraft trading card game that they had like the physical trading card game mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. there's a bunch of art assets from that game that they went ahead and they brought into hearthstone and they're using in hearthstone um and the trading card game different market honestly I feel like. Yeah. I well plus I mean the game was that that game was at this point 15 years ago. Yeah. Like that game was big 2006 2007. It's been a long time, guys. Uh it it there's a lot of stuff has changed. There's a lot of new stuff going on. This new art that's been done for Hearthstone since. Oh, uh, a it's lot. not surprising that they they'd want to put some of their newer art on older cards. Um they, there's also art that like there's Hearthstone art that I've seen that I know they did like within they've redrawn something in the past couple of years to make it more dynamic. I've seen that. You can see it when you look at some of the cards that they've deliberately gotten. Someone said, draw this, but make it look more you know interesting because it's one thing to have an ability in World of Warcraft where it's just one of many abilities you have. But when it's a card, it, it has to be more. Front you want to have a really dynamic visual re- representation of what that ability is. Yeah, exactly. Like um, using one that we were originally talking about last week because it's been retired to the the Hall of Fame, um, Vanish. Vanish in game can just be a cloud of smoke and you're done. But when you're using that card, it has to be something that tells people this is what this does. You have to look at it and know what it means. So, yeah, I, I don't I'm not really feeling it that maybe they made a couple of cards have slightly less skimpy art that doesn't really bug me it I honestly do think... the, there's a couple of things that they did there were a couple of cards that were renamed um and there were a couple of cards that had some serious art changes like blood spurts were removed that kind of thing um or some some people suddenly are wearing a little bit more clothing than they were previously and there were some people that took this as like some kind of indication that maybe they were doing this because of China. Um, I don't know how much people are aware, but World of Warcraft looks very different in China. Uh, you don't see skeletons. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> taboo against skeletons. The, the Forsaken culture. look yeah. very different. Well, they don't look very... They they don't... Their bones aren't showing. They yeah, just aren't showing. None of, none of that decaying stuff with them. And when people die they don't leave like a little skeletal corpse behind. They leave behind a little gravestone. Um, there were some really amazing shots from Undasta raids. 
uh, out of China when Undasa first came out of him like wiping raids. So the ones from China were just like, it's this big dinosaur standing in a mountain of gravestones. <laughs> and it's the most amazing looking thing. I love it. I love it to bits. Anyway, so there were people thinking, oh, well, they're doing all of this because of China, 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 China. That's not it, guys. That's that's not it at all. I think Kosak. Yeah, Kosak came out. He was talking to PC Gamer and he said that the reason that they changed the cards, it wasn't anything to do with China. It was just because they didn't meet Blizzard's standards when it comes to portraying sex and violence in its games. Um, and then, like, there were some cards where the original cards were, like, they were too dark to read, that kind of thing. They weren't looking at ratings. They weren't looking at international regulations. They weren't looking, like, at anything like that. Uh, Hearthstone is rated T for teen. So, I mean, there's a certain amount of stuff that they can get away with, but there's also, you know, the fact that it's a really family-friendly game. It's just, it's a goofy, fun game that doesn't take itself too ser seriously. It's a little irreverent and light-spirited, and maybe they just wanted to make sure that the card art kind of reflected that spirit, you know? That's how I look at it. I don't know about you. I honestly, I can't really get upset enough to care. I'm, I'll be just 100% upfront about this. Uh, unless, you know, unless you showed me something where they were clearly like, we've taken this art of, you know, Garage Hellscream and we've replaced it with a, sm a tiny puppy. That would be the only way to get me to be reacting. It's having we this put him like... in, a, in, a, in a sweater because he, he's a little friendlier that way and we don't want him to be too scary. That's a little weird. <laughs> but like... Weaklings, would you like a snow cone? You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, we decided to remove the flying trail of blood from this spot where this, you know, zombie person is like obviously stabbing somebody because we figured the blood was maybe a little much. I could see that. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah. It's fine, guys. But quite frankly, the reason I brought this up is because it's been a slow week because it's vacation week. So it, yeah. it figured we'd, we'd mention it and then move there's, on. Yeah, there's not a lot of other things going on. Um, somebody managed to make the original Diablo playable on the Nintendo Switch. Did you see that? Yeah, but I was sitting there going, but that's not actually anything happening. It's just someone hacked a Switch. I, yeah, so I they, like, managed, eh. like, they managed to... They, they, it's not... It's not, hey, Diablo is coming to Nintendo Switch. It's a dude managed to get the source code, like, stick it on a Switch that was already, like, unlocked and broken and that kind of thing. So not everybody can do this. It's just this one guy figured out how to do it. But um, all that makes me want is, you know, Diablo and Diablo 2 on Switch, please. You I was going to say, if, if Blizzard decided, hey, we'd like some more money for, like, mm, just take the, the Diablo and Diablo 2, you know, games on, you know, GOG releases you know, and make them switchboards. You, you know that whole Warcraft 3 Reforge thing you're working on? I'm just saying it looked really cool on my Switch. Just saying. Might be kind of fun. Yeah, Play actually. That's the Switch and just saying. You, you, put, you put the original Diablo on PlayStation back in the day, guys. Seriously. This is not a bad move. Go for it. Um, I had that disc. That was that was some fun times. I'd love to see it, you know, on on the the Switch. Just I don't own a Switch, but my God, it, it's getting to the point where I really want to get one just for stuff like this. And yeah, they're really fun. Put... I I love I like thoroughly love mine now. I love it to bits. And I honestly, you know, people say that RTS games aren't you know they aren't the most popular thing anymore. And you know maybe they aren't. People don't do as many like land tournaments and that kind of thing with them. That kind of thing. They've got like other games that are a little bit more prevalent and that sort of thing. But I feel like that's the kind of genre that would work really well with the Switch because you know if two if two different people have a Switch, you can like easily hook the two of them together and play against each other or you can play co-op because you got the two joy con i mean it just to me in my head i'm like yeah that's a good console for the thing you guys should totally do that i'm just saying <laughs> and not just because i want to play it you know <laughs> yeah no i i don't disagree i think that would be pretty cool to see a lot of older blizzard stuff get in new life heck bring uh bring bloodthorn back yeah, uh, that they, it was originally not Bloodthorn. Bring rock and roll racing back. Bring back Lost Vikings. Come on. Blackthorn. It was Blackthorn. Blackthorn. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, but yeah, for right now, I think we're going to move on to do some emails. So, yeah. uh, guys, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for this show because we have the two podcasts we do, 
And uh, Ian's going to read these emails for us, so if you don't mind. Well, the first one is just a note. And it's a note from someone named Seth who says, Subject D&D Podcast. Please, please keep these coming. Really enjoy them. That's all it says. Uh, if you guys weren't aware, I think it was, was it earlier this week or was it last week? It was last week. It was last we week. We released, uh, there was another D&D one shot, only it's not really one shot because it was a continuation of the last game. And that one was released on the RSS feeds. It's very clearly labeled that it is a D&D podcast, but if you guys missed it, you guys should go check it out. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I just put that email in there so I could say we're trying to. It's it's always a situation where you have a bunch of people trying to get their schedules to align. And it's not easy when everybody's like, you know, everyone's working. Everybody has other things to do. Uh, it's just a the, someone once said that the ultimate end boss of any D&D campaign is scheduling. And they're not yes. wrong. It is extremely hard to get everybody together and make sure they have enough time to really play. And then you have to make sure to, to do it right and get everyone, you know, enough time to do stuff. It's we are working on it. We're probably we're trying to do at least one a month, but we'll see what happens. That's all. You, you did a very good job of, of playing my character for me, by the way. <laughs> I really don't feel like I did, but that's, you did. You know, you, you captured her perfectly because I was still trying to find her voice. So she was very awkward. You caught the awkward just perfect. So we're good. <laughs> yeah, nothing quite like trying to do an impersonation of somebody you've worked with for several years. <laughs> it's like, like, okay, how do I sound like Anne without I actually must sounding like I Anne. play warriors. <laughs> I just, I don't... <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, we are trying to work on that. We we hopefully will have more. If people want more of it, there there will be more. We're just, you know, it's we just have to time. figure out like what days work for people, and and usually if if we do do that kind of thing, it's probably going to be like maybe once a month, maybe. Yeah, if that, um, if because we yeah. have to again, schedules are always a thing. Anyway, um, so first email, email. This one is from Artisan, who's a night elf druid on Dragonblight, who says, "Hello, Blizzard Watchers. I was leveling an alt through Azuna, and I got to the part where Ferrandis encounters Ashara as he's about to enter the cave where the Naga are holding you captive. The exchange ends with Ferrandis attacking Ashara, and her response: Ha ha ha! My wrath is coming. I was struck by this in relationship to what has been building and." we're about to face in-game, but also that this is the second Legion direct connection we're seeing in Battle for Azeroth. First off, Zalatath, who's rumored to be a consumed piece of an old god or a claw of Yasharaj. And secondly, the Tidestone, which we had after and bumped into Ashara, who we already know formed an alliance packed with an old god. Per the Warbringer short, Ashara entered this alliance only on her own terms, but just how much power does Azoth still maintain? Could would the old gods be working in cahoots for their own purposes? What would those purposes even be? Freedom and destruction? Also, see Rossi's statement in Lorewatch episode 35 about Ashara playing the long game. Okay, I don't remember episode numbers. <laughs> no, me neither. But uh, regardless... What do you think? How do you feel about all of this, Rossi? Well, I mean, when she said that, she literally meant the wrath thing that we saw in the the dungeon that was in that expansion. Um, she since later on summoned another one of those things called the Pride of Ashara. So she's got these things that like giant whirlpool monsters that she can call up. I don't know how she's doing it. I don't know what magic that is, but that's something to do with Neptune, who is just yeah. hanging out in the shaman hall, pretending everything is cool when it's not. Maybe. Yeah, that that's one of those things that needs to get touched on at some point. But in terms of like, I think both Ashara and Azoth are playing their own game, and each is each is pretty certain that they've played the other, and we'll see how it all shakes out. At the same time, they are working together. Um, I think Ashara is doing stuff to execute Azoth's plan because she can't just refuse him. She's got a great deal of autonomy, but if she outright refuses him he can just withdraw his power. And then she'll and just I, drown. Well, she'll yeah. get really, 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 really old and then she'll drown. Or just yeah, fall it, to dust. I don't know. It'll be nasty and messy, I'm sure. Yeah, so so there is a, there's a precarious thing where each of them can't push it too far because she's his main means of affecting the world, so he has to be careful. And for, likewise, she can't really afford to outright alienate him. Because again, you know, he could just withdraw the pact. Finally, you know, he he's giving her he's giving her a great deal of power and autonomy. So she she has to play it smart. He has to, you know, he doesn't. If he gives up on her now, he has no tool. He will have just spent ten thousand years for nothing. And he's like 
there's a thing called the sunk cost fallacy where yeah. people say, yeah. I can't give up now. I've, I've done too much. I've spent too much. I've X'd too much. And I got to, I got to keep going. All of that time would have been wasted. Yeah. Yeah. And he's deep in that one with her. Like it's clear that she is her own, like she is the most important person in her own life. Bar none. He is not. He is number two in that, in that relationship. She to is her. queen and will always be queen. Yeah. So, so there's a tension between the two of them. And I think that tension is playing out. The old gods, obviously, especially, I think at this point to say the old gods, I don't think either Cthulhu or Yogg-Saron are doing a lot of driving here. They still exist, but right now Nazoth is the one making the plays. I think they're recuperating. Yeah, like if you saw, you remember back in um in Cataclysm when you saw Dragon Soul, there were like the the two big um generals that were that were you know serving yeah Nazoth yeah were both there. They were Nazoth's followers. That was all Nazoth's guys. It Nazoth was two... pretty much he was the one that corrupted Deathwing or it it I guess it's not really a he but. Yeah. Anyway, that's how Deathwing got corrupted. It was Nazoth. So I really feel like since Wrath, like, you know, in, in the original game, Cthulhu made his play. We dealt with it. Um, he's temporarily stopped. He's not dead. Well, he is dead, but he's not because it doesn't matter. Um, you, you see his, his influence remain in Cho'Gall up into Cataclysm. Cho'Gall is still listening to Cthulhu. Uh, but Cthulhu, for the most part, is on the back burner. Yogg, after Wrath, is on the back burner. And I think that they are both perfectly content to sit back and see what happens with Nazoth's plan. And Nazoth just really woke up. Before this point, Nazoth was a background figure. He was like he was stirring the pot, but he couldn't really act the way he can now. But since he woke up at the culmination of the Emerald Nightmare raid, he's now an active force. So he's the one By kind the of way, driving. That was it. our fault. Yeah, that's <laughs> just saying. Like, that was our fault could practically be this, the theme song of World of Warcraft. <laughs> World of then Warcraft. Then we messed up again. Yeah. It's all our fault. Yeah, yeah seriously. The more you um, know. <laughs> I, I definitely think that each of them, there's, there's a tension between the two of them because each is trying to use the other for their own purposes. And it comes down to Ashara's legendary ego is like the only, it's, it's it wants her tool. And it's also a way that Nazoth could end up winning because she's so arrogant that he might get what he wants because she doesn't see, you know, she wouldn't see the small incremental threats that she's allowing to, to pile up. And that could be what ends up happening in, uh, in, in Nazatar, Nazatar. She could end up, you know, in the eternal palace raid could end up being a really significant defeat for her. She could even die. I don't know. I hope not, but I don't know. Um, she could end up being like, you know, hoisted on her own petard. Her ambition could be her undoing. Uh, for Nazoth, we don't know enough of him to know what his personality is. Like we we know he was angry, but that's it. We don't have a lot on the way he is. We, we know, know that, that Darren DePaul does an amazing evil voice. Oh yeah, and there's there's hints like the thing about you know how you you know how when Nazoth chooses you and makes you the you know chosen one effectively. Like that's a whole bit when when the dagger when Zalatath brings you to him, it's you specifically that he wanted the whole time he wanted you you were what she gave him in exchange for her freedom from the knife and now that knife is is empty which serves his purpose because he was looking for it in the first place remember he, this he is didn't... this is the funny part is like there's something and i talked about this in the queue a little bit in a question that that um we had to like put in the comments because apparently my answer was too long for it but anyway regardless this is the funny part about all of this is that the reason we go after the knife is because the Naga drop a thing that say that they're looking for the knife. We get the knife. We talk to Zalatath. Zalatath leads us on this super long little quest thing where we learn about some stuff, but not everything. And we end up right in front of Nazoth, ready to have him stick an eyeball on our head if we want to keep it there, or we can go get it cleansed one or the other. But basically we are delivered straight to him because of this thing that we found that the Naga dropped. So it's like, this was a plant. This was all a plant. We were meant to find the thing because we were meant to go to Nazoth, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, the fact that now there's that whole thing going on with Azshara and 
Nathanos, who didn't really seem surprised about the fact that there was like this brilliant beam of light appearing in front of him. He was going with, he had the dagger in his hand. Yeah, and this is all stuff we're going to talk about in Lore Watch. Like, I, I will tell you right now, this Sunday we are recording another Lore Watch, and it will be about this. <laughs> we're going to talk about this in great detail, so uh, be sure to tune in for that one. But I'm just saying that, like, there's more going on here, and I feel like there's more going on here b- with the dynamic of it between Ashara and Nizoth. I think that each one of them thinks that they're playing the other, and I don't know who's going to come out as the victor. But I don't think it's going to be the old god. I don't know. It depends on what happens in the Eternal Palace. I'm hoping she doesn't die, because I think she deserves so much more. She's been waiting so long. She deserves so much more than a one-shot raid. I'm just saying. I I completely agree that she deserves more than a one-shot in a raid. That's that's absolutely true. Uh, Plus, at this point, after Legion cleared the decks on a lot of characters, it almost feels like iconic villainous characters like Ashara are too valuable to just lose. We need her. And, and <laughs> someone, someone made the point, I think it might have even been Mitch, so the fact that I'm going to agree with it is nothing short of miraculous. Oh my gosh. Uh, but he made the point that we had um, Jaina in a raid, and she doesn't die. She survives that raid. You know, you beat her in the fight, but she, she escapes and, and moves on. And now we're going to have Ashara in a raid. And if the Warbringer shorts serve as kind of a template, then possibly Ashara will survive and move on, and then we'll go to a, a Sylvanas fight in a raid, and Sylvanas will live through it. I don't think we're going to fight Sylvanas. I don't know if we are either, but it's certainly something to consider. I think Until such time as we find out is... what's coming in 8.3. Anyway. Yeah, I think there's something else going on here, and I think that Sylvanas... I think it looks like we're being set up for like a mirror image of Missa Pandaria and we're not going to get that. And it's going to take everybody by surprise. I I feel like, I don't know. It's all, like I said, it could be possible spoiler material. I don't know because I can't predict the future. Although it's not for some reason, we've been really good on our track record of predicting things. But um, again, this is all stuff we're going to talk about in Lore Watch. So yeah, let's suffice it to say that as of right now, it is impossible to call who's doing what to who here. There's too much going on, and there's a bunch of very, very tricky and very, very clever people involved. Some of which are elves, some of which are squishy tentacle godfish things living under the water. And yay World of Warcraft! <sighs> okay, so... Uh, next email here is from Cybus of Dethicus, who says, Greetings, Watchers. So, people who use the Void get whispers from the Void Lords, presumably? Say we destroy them all. Would there just be power without whispers? I presume the Void Lords are to the Void as the Naru are to the Lights, after all. Thoughts? No, the Naru are to the Void, but the Naru are to the Light. Yeah. I the know. Void Lords, we have no idea what they are. We don't know if the void exists without them. We don't know what they are. I feel like the counterpart to the... an old god would be the Naru. On if we're talking about levels and degrees, I would say that they are on the same degree of power, powerful entity thing. Maybe it's kind of hard to say. Uh, it's like the it, Void it, Lord sent out the old gods to do things, and there is something out there that created the Naru and sent them out to do a thing. Which may or may not be a loon, we don't know, hasn't been said, but I feel like there's an empty spot on that thing, and a loon could go right there. Anyway. Yeah, so right, right as, of, as of right now, we don't even know if the Void Lords can die. Like, they don't dwell in a, in a realm that has that kind of... We don't know anything about them. Nothing. They're, they have been mentioned. We know that they've, they're, they're the ones that created and threw the old gods into our universe, but they didn't come themselves, and there could be any number of reasons why not. This universe could be inimical to them in much the same way as the void is inimical to us. It could be too limiting. There could be lots of reasons. We have no idea. So we don't know if they're killable at all. We don't know what killing them would do. We don't know if, if killing them would just mean they'd reform because the, they're, they're creatures of the void and you can't kill void. You can't kill nothing. You know. So we don't know. We have no idea. Uh, you know Sargeras didn't even try it. Like his whole idea, when he heard about them, he didn't decide, I'm going to go and fight those guys myself. He was like, okay, then we have to destroy the universe to keep them from getting their way. Why would that be your plan A? Unless, you know, you know what I'm saying? If, Here, if you're, here's, here's the thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just, your guy who goes around destroying whole hosts of demons 
and who never saw a battle he was going to back down from didn't even consider going after them. It never even entered his mind because it might not be possible. We don't know. We have no idea why he decided, okay, these guys are messing with my universe. Best destroy my universe. That was his, that was his best option. That was what he came up with. I'm not saying that Sargeras was particularly stable. I'm just saying he wasn't exactly shy for a fight. Here's, you know, here's my thought on this. Before there was a universe or anything else, there was just light. And in that light, just naturally, over the course of existence, pockets of void formed. And these two things weren't physical things that you go out and fight or anything like that. They were cosmic essences, for want of a better word. It's just force. It's force energy, right? Where those two places clashed is where we got the Twisting Nether and where we got existence in a whole kind of like Big Bang kind of capacity, I guess you could call it that. That's where existence came from. That's where the universe came from. You can't destroy the void because if you destroy the void, you destroy... It'll just come back. If you if you take out the void and the light is still there, then naturally speaking, the void is just going to form again. You can't have a world that's just light. You can't have a universe that's just light. The void will always be there. And the same thing is is like the opposite is also true. You can't get rid of the light and just have void because they're two sides of the same coin. So when you're talking about destroying the void lords you're talking about destroying the void and if you destroyed the void that's just existence gone it's those two forces just out like a light and all of us with it so i don't i don't know how this conflict is going to work exactly i don't know i think i i find it kind of telling and kind of interesting that in this expansion in particular we started embracing the void in terms of like something that we could potentially use to our own advantage sort of similar to what the warlocks did way back when, when they in, they actually like embraced fell magic specifically so that they could learn what the enemy used and use it against them. It feels like we're doing kind of the same thing with the void, except that there's a big difference between the fell and the void. One of these things is completely natural and the other thing is not. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't think that the void lords are, are are like whispering to people. I think it's just the void, the the expanse of that energy whispering and showing people different possibilities and that kind of thing. I don't know. It's a fascinating concept. You know what I mean? I can't hear you, Rossi. Oh, sorry. It was muted. Yep, My bad. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, there's lots of stuff. Just even thinking about it immediately makes me have like several ideas. I don't think we really have time for that. No. Because we don't have a show. Again, it's another but thing that we should probably go into on Lore Watch at some point. One thing I will say is that there's it, it helps to think of it in terms of the light was first, and the void is essentially the shadow the light cast when there was distinction made possible. When you have when yeah. all you have is light and there's no distinction between light and anything else, and all is light, then nothing exists because everything is just one thing. So there's no variation. You can only have a universe when you can categorize it, when you can say this thing is different than this thing. That very act of trying to make the universe be more than one thing creates distinction. It creates shadow. And then once you have shadow, then you can actually say, okay, this thing is this thing. There's a I whole mean, catalyst. If we want to like go to Diablo real quick, the whole thing with Anu. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like that. Uh, Anu because was like that's... everything all at once and it wasn't until it started separating itself into like its little disparate parts that the universe was formed. And that's very much what we're talking about here in terms of the light and the void. And when they try to fight each other, that's actually very, that's in, in the, uh, oh, bloody heck, it's in Chronicle. It's when light and void try to fight each other and destroy each other ultimately that fell is created. Yeah. That's where Fell comes from. Fell is the residue of the utter annihilation of, of all possibilities that happens when light and void directly fight. And that's why they don't directly fight very much. Because they just end up mutually annihilating each other and what we have left is this sludge. Like, Fell is not, is not a good thing. I'm not talking about morally good. Fell is bad for you. Fell is corruptive. Fell is evil. There is a Fel reason... Is... That the yeah. Naru were leading a crusade against the Fell and the Burning Legion 
and ignoring the, the old gods altogether. Yeah, because it's not a it's a sum zero fight for them. Even if they win it, they lose. It just makes more of this toxic sludge that will destroy everything. Yeah. And destroying everything. The void wants to return everything to a certain state, but it doesn't want to destroy it. So yeah. Um again, this is probably all stuff we're going to talk about in Lorewatch like extensively because I want to hear Joe's thoughts on this too. I'm sure he's got all kinds of things to say about it. Um I just I feel like we can't destroy the void if we destroyed the Void Lords, there would just be more Void Lords. To get rid of the Void Lords, we'd have to get rid of the Void. And if we got rid of the Void, we'd get rid of existence. To me, ultimately, that's what that boils down to. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. But we'll figure it out. I, I, I still, I think it's really interesting that we got the whole Void Elf thing going on now. And the thing going on with Locust Walker. And the thing with the Ethereals. And I feel like all of that's going to come into play more as time goes on. Um, we haven't really seen a whole lot of it this expansion so far. But I feel like it's going to come up in the future. This isn't the last we've heard about it. Um, next email is from Shad. A Blood Elf Paladin from US Hyjal. Who says... As a Pally main, I've often felt that there are quests that are strange for me to do alone. No one should be selecting me to break and enter in order <laughs> in order to steal plans. As Blizzard continues to experiment with NBC followers slash helpers in Nazjatar, who actually come w with us, a system I like so far, do you think we will see a day in which we are able to build, form, and use small parties of NPC players for world stuff? Having a rogue to help me stealth would be fun. And there's two questions here, but we'll go ahead and address that one first. What do you think, Rossi? Uh, I mean, it's not like it's new. The followers, we saw them in Warlords, uh, had quite a bit of that, say, actually. What do you think the mission table is? It's kind of that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even like when you were doing um, Tanan in, in, War, in Warlords, you'd actually have, you could, like, even before that, you could appoint yourself a bodyguard. You could make somebody who followed you around and, and did whatever. And they could be any one of your followers and warlords. And it's basically the same system now. I mean, I mean that it, went back to Missa Pandaria when you were doing quests for the Shadow Pan. Yeah, although that was less a follower and more just somebody. But you had that a temporary exactly buddy that would help you out. But that tells you that's that right there is exactly what he's talking about in terms yeah. of stealth the stuff. Because I was playing a warrior, and warriors are yeah really stealthy with all that plate armor clanking around everywhere. <laughs> so you'd get that guy who'd come around and he'd kind of cast like a shadow veil on you. And stealth you so you could get through ob objectives. I wouldn't. I'd, I wouldn't mind them doing more of that. Uh, I don't know that Blizzard's never gonna like. It's never gonna say, "Well, you're a mage, so you can't do X." Uh, that's. It's just not really gonna work for quests. Um, I, I'm forced to think of Suramar, where I, I am not a good stealth guy. Never been good. For some reason, I picked it up in more recent games, but in in Suramar, I was the guy who would constantly ride right into the an illusion. What are you hiding, people? Just Ugh, I was terrible at it. Meanwhile, not... I assassin creeded the heck out of that city. Yeah, and <laughs> a lot of you know, for a lot of players, it was great. Um, I wasn't very good at it, but they they're gonna keep trying to make it as broad as possible so that everybody gets to do the content. So a system where you get up somebody to help you with your stuff you're deficient at, like you know, if for say you're playing a rogue and you could get a, t a tank to come with you and do stuff, t you know, tank stuff. It's interesting. I don't know. Or a I don't healer. Think I can tank. Yeah. I have evasion. I could tank I for like a whole 10 seconds. <laughs> I could see that more for like stuff like a scenario style quest where you have to complete this thing completely by yourself. I don't know that they're ever going to completely get rid of it because they want players to group up and do stuff together. So letting people try and do things they're not necessarily great at, they're going to still keep doing that. But, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I just I don't think it's ever going to get to the point where you just rent a follower to do stuff that you're not personally good at. I, I don't yeah, and see I think I, I think Rossi, you kind of made the same point that I was going to make, where it's like they like to encourage people to group up together for stuff. So I don't think that they would ever deliberately introduce a system where it would negate the necessity or you know the occasional need to group up with another human being and play together and be social because that that sort of thing is good. They want you to do that. Um, I have to say though. I I liked the whole follower system back in. I didn't I didn't utilize the bodyguard thing in Warlords. I didn't do that because I could stealth everywhere and it didn't matter. <laughs> like like those those bodyguards were more trouble than they were worth for a stealth class. But back in Missa Pandaria, when I was doing quests for the Shadow Pan and everything, it was kind of cool to have a little follower that came out with you for like you know a group of quests. 
and then you go back and you drop them off and you could go do your own thing again but it was cool to have them there as kind of like a temporary thing to help you out it added a little bit of extra flavor particularly for that reputation because the shadow pan were very much about they like had their own agenda and their own things that they were doing so yeah they wanted to go with you and make sure that you succeeded in what you were trying to do there um i don't i don't see them adding a kind of system where where you could just like make a party with npcs and yourself i think final fantasy does something similar with that or at the very least final fantasy lets you kind of like cross class I, I think they call them jobs or something like that or careers i don't i don't remember i don't play final fantasy so i apologize to anybody who's playing realm reward and going that's not how it works okay i don't know exactly how it works all i know is that you can start as a rogue and you can go ahead and take on a different like if you want to learn to be a warrior or something you can go ahead and do that too like on one character um from what i'm aware anyway you can like multi-class which i think is a pretty cool thing and i sort of wish that wow would do something like that i think it'd be kind of fun but i see why they don't it's it's just it's not something that's ever been part of the game and it would kind of break the game in some ways if they decided to introduce it at this point so could i see them adding npc helpers every now and again yeah all the time i don't know i i think the whole being able to use small parties of npc players for world stuff that's exactly what the mission tables are uh, we already have it kind of anyway. yeah basically you know your little friends go off and do stuff and then you you know they tell you oh hey this happened and you go deal with it yeah, yeah. uh anyway the second question question that shad had here is a bonus question and <laughs> this is a good one we'll probably talk about this for the rest of the show <laughs> Do you foresee Overwatch 2 as a new first-person shooter, a new MMO, or an RPG? Thanks, Shad. Well, Rossi, I think there's two ways we can answer this. What do we foresee it as being, and what would we like it to be? So go ahead. Based, yeah, based on what I've seen in the, the various rumor articles I've, I've read, it, if they're developing it the way that they're said to have been developing it, it's going to be a first-person shooter with a kind of campaign story mode that seems to be along the lines of... A la Mass Effect, kind of, sort of? No, no. uh, More like... I keep going back to Titanfall 2 um, because it's that, basically, it's still going to be the have the multiplayer shooter element to it, but then it's going to have a a distilled story-slash-campaign mode that lets you go through and and experience a, a story. Um, that seems to be the goal. Like it's to ex- it, to extend up the PVE elements. It's like taking because people forget Overwatch does have PVE stuff in it. Um, there's there's like Junkenstein's Revenge. There's the big Overwatch Archives stuff. There is PVE in Overwatch, and I think they're going to basically take that stuff and fully flesh it out into an actual campaign where you can see the story. I don't know if it'll be single player or not. I have no idea. Um, the one thing they com- didn't they compare it to? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I think they compared it to Call of Duty, but I'm not sure. It might have not have been Call of Duty. It might have been something else. It might have been Battlefield. I think it was Battlefield they compared it to. Um, that that's what the developing had been behind the scenes. If that's the case, and again, this is a rumor. I can't, you know, speak to its veracity. Then I think what we're going to get is a first-person shooter with something like the Battlefront or Battlefield games, where there is a story, but it's not. It's not a full-on RPG. It's not like an actual, what choices do you want to make? It's it's a purely on rails. You do stuff. Okay, now here's a cut scene. Oh my God, that happened. Now more shooting. Now, oh, here's another story bit. Now more shooting. I think it's going to be like that. That's what I think it will be. That's that's my best guess based on what we've got. And what do you want it to be? Oh, come on, it's me. Uh, I would like this to be a gigantic sandbox RPG with like, you know, multiple people in your party and your total customization and the ability to go anywhere and do anything I, that, you know, if you could give me some kind of weird combination of the Witcher three and Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Skyrim. Yeah. I'd be down. Yeah. That, I'd spend all my life there. You'd never, I'd never leave. I'd be sitting there with my own version of the, uh, the um, somber wall going, it all connects up. I'm telling you. So yeah, I, I would like it to be like a really big uh, single player RPG. I don't want an MMO because I feel like, I feel like we've already got Overwatch as it is as an MMO, so to speak. It's a mul- it's massively multiplayer and online. Uh, I don't need more of that from Overwatch. I feel like at this point, trying to do another big MMO is how we got to Overwatch in the first place, because that's what Titan was. Uh, I don't 
really feel like the, that works for the game or the setting. That doesn't mean it couldn't do it, but I, I personally don't want to see that. I am pretty firmly in agreement with you as far as what you think it's going to be. Um, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. So I think we're on the same wavelength as far as that goes. Um, as far as what I want it to be. Look, guys, I don't think I've been exactly shy about saying that I feel like Blizzard should, you know, stick their toe into the world of single player RPGs because they haven't done it. And they have a really phenomenal writing team that I feel like would absolutely be capable of turning out a really cool story if you got it. And I feel like, yes, they're like pretty dominating in the whole multiplayer market. I mean, you've got Diablo 3, you can play that with all kinds of people. You've got World of Warcraft, you can play that with all kinds of people. You've got Starcraft, you've got Heroes, you've got Hearthstone. All of these are like designed to be played with other people. Even Overwatch is a team-based gameplay, right? The one thing that I haven't seen them do, and I feel like I would like to see them do, is do a game, not necessarily like Mass Effect, but more like um, Bioshock, you know what I mean? Where it's a first-person shooter, but it's a narrative-based first-person shooter with a story that's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Because I feel like they are really capable of telling that kind of compelling story. And I also feel like Overwatch is the kind of universe that really deserves that kind of narrative. They introduce these characters, and the main reason this game caught everybody's eye right from the start. We didn't even know what that game was when they played that first trailer. We had no idea what it was going to be about. We had no idea what kind of game it was going to be. All we saw was this trailer with these two kids in a museum and this giant space ape bust through the ceiling along with this blinking around giggling English girl and captured everybody's hearts immediately. That little snippet of story that they showed in that original trailer was enough to hook everybody. And then the game that they came out with Yes, it does address that story, but it addresses it in little dollops here and there. It's not really a narrative-based game. It's a team shooter. And it's a very good team shooter. It's a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I really like Overwatch. It's just that for people that aren't necessarily into that whole team shooter style gameplay, there there's a whole audience of people out there who love that story and they want to see more with the story and they're very much in love with those characters and they'd like to see more with the characters but they don't necessarily even play Overwatch at this point they just don't because it's not Hi. their it's not their style of game yeah I'm right here that's pretty much me <laughs> exactly I, but you're not alone Rossi there are so yeah. many people out there who who feel exactly you know they will sit there and they will watch Overwatch League tournaments and things because they're really exciting and fun to watch but they don't play the game themselves because it's just not their genre that's all and there's nothing wrong with that I mean I don't play I don't play heroes because it's like it's not my it's not my genre. I am really bad at it. You know what I mean? And, and, oh yeah. Uh, but Overwatch is one of those games where it's like I feel like that world that they gave us just the tiniest glimpse of in that first cinematic was so compelling that everybody immediately wanted to be in it and playing it. And I feel like doing a narrative driven single player thing this is this is a genre that they haven't stepped into before and the fact that you know these behemoths that are really good at that style of gameplay like oh i don't know cough cough bioware have decided to turn their attention towards multiplayer based gameplay maybe somebody should step up and kind of you know step into their shoes they've left a void here and they've left a void that people keenly feel Everybody wants Bioware to make another game where you can kiss the aliens or kiss the Quinari or whatever. And as far as we know, they're still working on something, but we don't know what it's going to look like. And what they came out with with Anthem was so far from what they usually do that there were a lot of people that were kind of disappointed with it. You know, not just because they didn't really care for the game or whatever, but it was because they were expecting something else out of Bioware and they didn't deliver. And I know that... Um, Oh my gosh, what's the studio that does Assassin's Creed? Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Ubisoft kind of stepped in a little bit with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and it went over like gangbusters. People are still playing it like mad. Like, they absolutely loved it. Blizzard, maybe you should put your foot in the, out there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's the game I want to see. I feel like Blizzard could really do something phenomenal if they just, like, put it out there and yeah it's not something where it's going to be subscription based or whatever it doesn't matter you guys have enough subscriptions going on <laughs> it's okay you've got the income go ahead and put it in this thing make a game 
Get game of the year. It'll be fun. Come on. Just give me Overwatch, please. Okay. That's all I have to say about that. Do you have anything else Hard. to add? <laughs> no, I think that pretty much covers it. I think okay. we've... Plus, plus, we're at a point where we probably should wrap it up. Yeah, we should. Okay. All right. Uh, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, again, guys, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for this podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for the show. Thank you guys so much for being here, and we'll be here next week. 